Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me, as always, when we talk boys lacrosse is Dairy Field AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. Any trip to any trip to Stellos, you know that makes me happy, right? <laughs> so uh, we we had a great game yesterday. Um, still alive, still kicking, and uh, just finishing up a, another practice today. So. Good to always good when you get to play lacrosse on the last day possible, right? And so, um, you know, thankful for that. Anytime you go to Stellos and you leave Stellos and it's not your last game, that's a that's a positive. You know what? Even you know? better, even better way to put it. <laughs> uh, and and the sun's out right now. Uh, you know, I I don't know what's yeah. It wasn't. It hasn't been most of the day, but um, it's out right now. Um, so, yeah, everything's coming up. Uh, Everything's coming up, Millhouse, and conclu- and and concluding our weather segment for today. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll we'll leave that one alone. Uh, you can listen to the Ninth State Sports Show uh, usually on Thursday mornings, but again, this is a special championship edition of the Ninth State Sports Show, uh, where we are going to preview all three of the boys' championship games coming up on Sunday. Um, but you know, all the other podcasts you can listen to by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you get uh, your podcasts, including Spotify and Odyssey. Go on there, search for Ninth State Sports Show. You can go back and listen to whatever shows you want. Go back and listen to the one we did earlier this week. If you like previewing the semifinals, go back and listen to what we had to say about last year's championship games uh, in, in the preview for last year. Uh, all of those are up there. Um, so, yeah, go go back and listen. to you know Maybe if you, you miss us all summer, um, you know you can go, do the, go listen to them then. Uh, don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at at NHHS Sports, and you can send feedback or questions by sending a message to one of those accounts or sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Prolex Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolex Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at ProlaxCustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. Well, we've been joking about it all season, obviously. Probably, probably a little too late for <laughs> if you're playing in the championship <laughs> games this weekend for a new stick to get that broken in in time, but... I will tell you, if you can, he does a great job. They come ready to ready to shoot right away. More importantly, though, if you're playing summer lacrosse, tournaments are right around the corner, and uh, you want to make sure that you've got a, a – maybe you've been using the same stick all spring, time for an upgrade. I would definitely get that order in now because I'm sure he's going to get busy. Both his, his – all his kids are, are club lacrosse players, so he's going to be busy traveling around. Get those orders in now. Do you uh, can, can, is that a, is that a thing that you know you're traveling everywhere? Take some sticks on the road with you, and uh, no reason and, you can't. Yeah, right, yeah, you're sitting there, yeah. you're watching your kids. You gotta, you, you, I'm sure Joe does. I'm sure he's probably stringing up sticks on the sideline, or at least in the hotel room. Right, you know what else? You, your kids are down at the pool. You yeah, it might string up <laughs> some sticks. You know? It might be might be uh, counterproductive to take a whole bunch of sticks sticks with you down to the field and try to try to work <laughs> on those. Uh, all right, well. This is normally uh, when we would give you the coaches poll, but uh, we don't have one for today because the again going to finish up last week. The playoffs. Yep. Yep. Next Tuesday, um, that I'm hoping that will be uh, posted up on the site. I say hoping because I uh, am a little bit behind with the girls' poll um, that was supposed to be up earlier today and and just got a little sidetracked on some things. So that'll be up tomorrow, uh, Friday morning. Um, the boys' final boys' boys' poll will be posted. Uh, like I said, hopefully Tuesday morning. 
What we want to do real quick, just give you the schedule for uh, for Super Sunday of the uh, boys lacrosse finals. Again, all games are at Bill Ball Stadium in Exeter. So that's the same, but we do have some differences this year for the first time in a while. Um, Well, second year in a row they've been on Sunday, which is, I'm I'm liking, uh, I'm liking that. Uh, Some changes to the schedule, they decided to start rotating the games this year. So the Division I final is actually the first game at 2.30. You've got number three Pinkerton taking on number one BG. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Uh, but they will be the eleventh time, eleventh time, time. twelfth. Yes, uh, I've got a I've got a good joke about that in the outline here. We'll we'll get to that later though, uh, or at least I think it's a good joke. Um, yeah, twelfth time. This is the the Dirty Dozen uh, B, uh, BG Pinkerton Championship Games. Unless I counted wrong, I might have counted wrong. It's it's entirely possible. <laughs> it's the end of the year. Uh, so that's the two thirty game. Five o'clock. We've got Division Three, uh, Hopkinton. Numbered five, Hopkinton, versus number uh, two, Campbell. Campbell making its first ever championship game appearance. Uh, Hopkinton making what feels like its thousandth championship game appearance. Um, again, I got another really good joke there, too, so hold on, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and then at 7.30, Division two championship game, number two, Derryfield versus number one, Portsmouth. Um what that's part uh five i think in the championship game oh yeah i I actually put it down (laughs) (laughs) part four i'm sorry part four i'm getting ahead of myself there so three gate three games that i think um i think will be really good um you know in even that division one game i think you know the matchup between pinkerton and bg and we'll get into this a little bit more but i think that's Going to be a maybe a better than expected matchup. Uh, Hopkinton Campbell played a really close game, although albeit times hard to watch uh, defensive game uh, in the regular season. And then, I mean, what else do I? What else can we say about Derryfield Portsmouth? Um, or maybe we should just save that for the. We'll we'll save that for the end. Uh, but I, I mean, three great games. It's going to be a great day. Uh, really looking forward to it. Um, it, it Sunday can't get here soon enough. And I think, uh, I mean, we said the weather segment was over, but I just checked quick. I, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good day that day. Yeah. It looks like, you know, warm but not too warm. As of right now, knock on wood, no rain in the forecast. Um, you know, we'll hope that it keeps because it looks like setting up for a great day there. Yeah, so really excited. Uh, before we get into um, talking about, you know, the games that ha- semifinals that happened on Wednesday and previewing the championships a little bit, I want to bring up something that – uh, I feel, you know, it's been a problem going on for, for years. And as long as I've been covering sports, I'm sure as long as you've been coaching in sports, maybe even going back to when we were in high school. I know where you're going with this, and I've noticed it even more as I've become an I, AD. So. I feel, well, I, real quick, the recent history of this, you know, I feel like that, that year after things had been canceled because of COVID, the 2020-21 school year was, it was a weird year. But everybody went out of their way to be extra nice, it felt like. Extra nice, do whatever you want, uh, very understanding, all those kind of things. People were just happy to be out People were happy, games, yes. Yeah. People were happy to be out and doing things. And along with that, I heard never a peep about officiating. Uh, and then it feels like in the last two years, and this isn't just limited to lacrosse. This is across the board, every sport. I feel like people have gone from... Super niceness, and maybe maybe they were at a ten on on getting on officials before COVID, 
and now it's up to like a hundred. I can't. I don't think. I think every game I go to, there's something. Someone says something about the officiating, and I'm. I, it's getting tiresome. And what if I were to ask you what's what's the biggest problem that we face with with not just look again not just lacrosse but across the board with high school sports right now, in terms of of not being able to play them. Uh. Outside of transportation, it's recruitment recruitment of, of new officials. Like it's, our, it's our officials. officials' age population is they're aging out of the out of, out of the yes, sport, and yeah. a lot of them didn't come back after COVID. Yeah, um, yeah, and which I understand. You know. I mean, you you can't you can't officiate until you're ninety, you know. Like you got to be able to keep up with what's going on on the field, um, you know. And and if you know if you've officiated for a long time, you you. You're old to retire. Me, everything else you do, you retire. And that's the tough part in our sport right now is a lot of our top officials are reaching the age where you know they they can still get up and down the field, but they've done it for a long time and they are looking. They are looking. I mean, a lot of them are hanging on right now because they know how critical they are. You're right, right. To to our top games, you know, it's. Uh, I get very relieved when when we make it to a semifinal or final and I see familiar faces there. Sure, I know yeah. what I'm getting right. Absolutely, and I know that they know the game and they're going to call it a certain way. It's going to be fair and and. Um, you know, but those guys aren't going to be here forever. No. And, um, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of a lot of fan behavior that is at um, – it's, it's, it's abhorrent. Like, some of the things that I hear said are just I, – I, ima- I can't believe that, that parents would yell that out in front of their children. Like, some yeah. of those things that get said. Um, you know, there were the two examples that are freshest in my mind. I was at two semifinals games. Obviously, the, the D2 uh, boys yesterday – D1 girls last Saturday, you know, the girls game Saturday, there was a group of people that were yelling out one of the officials by first name, calling him out by name and, and yelling at him to do certain things um, that they felt he wasn't, he was, that he was too one-sided. And then last night, or, you know, Wednesday night, same thing. There's a, a group, you know, on one, on the sideline behind me yelling at every official that goes by, um, you know, commenting on their appearances um, to the point that the official almost threw them out it was at the end of the game uh, but he stopped the g- he, he didn't stop the game the game was in a stoppage but he turned around and and said something about you know we're gonna have you removed basically wow, it got to that point huh? yeah it got to that point it was it was bad you know and the at one point the mentioning funny, i mean the funny part is joe i could be honest with you i thought the officiating was was i i was very happy with yeah, the officiating yeah, I mean, I, it, they they let the kids play they did call a few penalties and um you know i Speaking strictly for my game, I didn't see I didn't see a lot out on the field that was really, you know, anything to complain about. Well, that's what makes it worse, I think. I mean, obviously, I know I, I, I won know, the yes. game, so I'm speaking uh, yeah, from, sure, a, from a sideline sure. of, oh, they won sure. the game, but but and then, and then the other thing too, the one that gets me, and I've I like heard to this, think I'm pretty objective over these things, but I've heard this multiple times too, and I definitely heard it last night too, was that then when a call didn't go that particular way and something bad ends up happening. The well, that's on, on you. you right? That's on you, stripes. I don't. I'm sorry. I that really annoys me because I don't know about you. I'm assuming you're the same way. I was raised by by my da- taught by my dad. Yeah, the official may make a bad call or a call you disagree with. How do you react to that call? That's on you. That's you know you can you can and and in in this particular instance when this lesson was passed on to me was was a game baseball game when I was in little league where I think I struck out three times on my birthday and one of them was was a call that i didn't a strike three call that i didn't like and uh or maybe it was it was uh, no it couldn't have been a strike. it was earlier in an you know early part of an at bat that i then let get to me 
ended up striking out. And he said, you know, said to me, why? So why are you letting the official get to you like that? Like he's his job is to do this. You didn't like it. Well, you do something about it. Right. I mean, I think the other important thing to keep in mind is like none of these officials have an agenda. Like they're not here. They I know it's easy to go down that road, but none of them are there to to make one particular team come out on top over the other. They're just they, they, I, I've been around this long enough to know that these guys are they're good people that that just want to be involved in the game and they want to stay involved in the game. And, um, you know, what I tell my kids is we have to adjust to the way that the referee is calling that calling the match. And, you know, that's all we can do. We have to let our skill and, and our athleticism dictate how we play and then you know if it's if the official is allowing us to play more physical or we've got to be less physical then you got to respond to that right and you got to play the way that the game is being called um you know the, i when i was younger i will freely admit i i definitely i definitely wrote officials and i i quickly learned that it does nothing other than other than them being like yeah. i'm not why am i going to give that guy a call exactly in the game exactly um it's just it does not it, it does not ingratiate yourself to them at all No, it does not. And then on top of it, why is anyone going to stay in a a job where they're getting berated? I mean, that's the biggest thing. The job does not pay. It doesn't pay that much. And no, I mean, that's the number one thing I hear from soccer and basketball officials that we deal with. Like, they're aging out because they just don't want to put up with it anymore. Like, nobody's getting rich off of this. It's a nice little supplement on the side. But, like, I mean, that's the other important thing. I mean, even... Heck, even as high up as the college and NFL level, those guys, most of those guys still have full-time jobs. Right, yeah. You know, like nobody is doing this. So, I mean, you know, it would be good. I, I, I hope down the road, like I would love if somebody I got to the point where like I could retire from this job and I would I would love to, I think that would, that would be something that would really benefit uh, New Hampshire lacrosse is if we had something where we could get the officials together to do more training, to give more feedback, watch video, um, you know, those type of things. But that takes time and takes somebody to run it. And, um, you know, we, we don't have that infrastructure right now. All right. Well, now that I'm all worked up over, uh, over, over people yelling at, you know, mis- mistreating officials. Uh, but that's the bottom line. You, 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 there were games that were canceled earlier this year because there weren't you enough officials to go around. Yeah. We need these, we, that's, you know, you, you need two teams to play a game, but you also need officials to, to, to ref it. And, you know, you continue to treat people bad. They're not going to, they're not going to come back. Yeah. So I've just also never just, been a believer that the official can can make that much of a difference in a in a match that you can't sure. overcome that. Yeah. Coach your kid, coach your kids up, be positive, overcome adversity, right? Like it is hard. It hard it's hard when you feel like you're getting the raw end of the deal, but I've been in games like that where it has been lopsided where, you know, we've been down six penalties to one or we haven't gotten we haven't gotten a man up, you know, and it, it is it's frustrating, but like again, overcome adversity, right? And and deal with it. Um, you know, Knock on wood. I hope I just didn't jinx myself, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know that's that's the way I choose to look at it. So, all right. Well, let's. But we let's, had some good lacrosse. Uh, yeah, we did have some good lacrosse. Let's talk. Let's talk about the. Let's uh, talk the about some games here. here. We'll start. We're, let's. I wanted to go in order of of division by when the games yeah. are being played on Sunday. So let's start with the Division One semifinals. Um, you had a game that came down to the wire uh, in that first game with Pinkerton holding off Exeter for a thirteen to twelve win in the first semifinal. Then in the second, I wish I could have been at that game. That's, Eleven yeah, goals yeah. in the first quarter—that's <laughs> unbelievable. Six-five Pinkerton lead in the first quarter. They led nine-six at halftime. I think they were up eleven-eight at one point in the third quarter uh, before Exeter came back and made it uh, a one-goal one game. Straight. Yeah, yeah. One-goal game going into the fourth, and then Exeter had a chance to win it in the the closing minutes, 
and uh, you know Tyler LeBlanc gets uh, some help from the post, then comes up with a huge save, uh, one of his 11 saves on the day, um, and and Pinkerton hangs on. They got uh, you know five and two from Matt Fioli in that game. Ryan Lynch, who we talked about the other day, has been you know finding the back of the net consistently. He's distributing a little bit more in this game. He gets a goal and three assists in the, in this one. Uh, Cole Frank with three goals. Well, yeah, I mean that on top of you know one goal game, he gets three goals and he goes twenty two for twenty five facing off. I mean that that's there's your difference in the game right there. Absolutely, yeah. And then on the other side, you got Exeter, uh, Gavin Lechner with three and one, uh, Marshall Lazowitz, Nick Sullivan, Owen Williams, uh, Gabe Albert, all with two goals. Uh, really, just. Um, Good to see Owen nice, Williams yeah, back in the lineup. Absolutely. I know, I know, it comes in a losing effort, but in, I haven't, I haven't seen too many box scores. Then, but um, you know, nice, nice to see him back healthy and, and back playing there at the end of the season. Yeah, um, nice distribution, um, really on both sides. Um, you know, I know we said Fioli had five and, and Frank three, but you know, Pinkerton had a couple guys scoring goals. Exeter with a bunch of guys scoring goals, um, and you know, I, I feel like looking at. You know, I, I think you and I talked about this with your game last night. I know we talked about um, with with Coach Fisher after Portsmouth's win. It's it's the teams I feel like that have been moving on, or the teams that are well balanced and have a bunch of guys that are, you know, sharing the ball and scoring and and finding ways to get everyone involved. It makes it hard for teams to play defense, right? You kind of pick your poison, and and um, you know, for the for the offense, you know, it's it's finding the open guy. You draw, you draw, you beat your guy one on one, and you, you find guys off ball. Makes it a real makes it really difficult for teams to play defense against. Um. So yeah, the uh, Exeter. I said, like I said, they were down eleven eight. Get two goals in the uh, the last uh, sixty eight seconds of the third quarter to uh, to get it to eleven ten going into the fourth. Um, it's twelve ten Pinkerton in the fourth quarter. Exeter comes back and ties it up with 5.39 left in the game. Um, Fioli scores what turns out to be the game winner with 4.22 to go, to go off a, an assist from, from Lynch. Um, you know, and then, and then the uh, Pinkerton defense comes up with the heroics at the end. You had, uh, you know, like I said, LeBlanc making a save. Um, oh, and now I lost my, my, my notes here. Um Cam Leeds coming up, I believe, with a with a big defensive play at the end of the game as well uh, for Pinkerton, uh, you know, to keep Exeter from scoring at the end. Uh, so just, um, yeah, it sounds like it's a, it's an exciting. It was an exciting game. Um, hoping to have an opportunity to uh, go back and watch this one on uh, the. NFHS honestly sounded like an instant classic without yeah, being cliche. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like everything you'd want in a semifinal game. Yeah, I I totally forgotten about. I I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but I ended up not making it to a bunch of uh, being able to go to a bunch of basketball playoff games this past winter. So I ended up signing up for the NFHS subscription. Um, so then I remembered that last week. I'm like, man, how am I going to get to all? The, you know, was that the minute, link? I can you sure? Back. Was that the link you saw on Instagram? It was not the link I saw on Instagram. Oh man, we want to. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, there was a little scam on uh, on Instagram. A little yesterday. scam. It's still going. On. It's still is up. It's still up there. It's still last I looked. Because I did talk to up. the NHIA, and it is a scam. It's not. Yeah, a, it's it, not no, a real, it is. Uh, yeah. um, well, I know because I, I say this because I saw someone else share a baseball one after I posted that, and they added the NFHS logo to the the graphic they made. It wasn't in there before, and after I went on Instagram and posted that and said the NFH, they added that to the picture. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I reported it. I don't know if any – I mean, I would say to other people, 
yeah, you know, report it too. Get it? It's, it's a, an account that says NHIAA Sports. They did a good job. They made it. They made it. It look looks official. legit. Yeah, it, it looked. There were a bunch, there were a couple teams that were following but, it. So, what this game was and, on yeah. NFHS and it, I last be, night? I, be, I I think so. Because I I looked. I don't think our D two games were last night. Uh, they may not have been. Um, I know D three was. Um, <laughs> no love. Well, you know, it's. Uh, but I haven't it's, looked. It's so gotten, I say that and I haven't looked. It's so. gotten to the point of. Um, they're using uh, no, they are on here. Um, the D two games. D two game. D one's on here. D two, baseball. Uh, well, there you go. Oh, I take so that if you back. missed, maybe if you missed any of the action, you can go. Maybe check it your out. your game is not on here. Of course not. <laughs> um, the other one is though. The Portsmouth Wyndham, but then the both D one games are on here too. As is as is Bo Hopkins. I filmed ours at least. Too, so, so. they they've been they. They get a lot of the stuff from again the the, the yeah. great folks that we've talked about um, earlier this year about who do all the li- a lot of live streaming. So they get the feeds from a lot of those people. Um, so and then you had in the other uh, the other semifinal, uh, BG taking care of business like we kind of expected them to. Eighteen to one win over six, Merrimack. Six nothing in the first six, quarter. Yep, six nothing first quarter. Um, Saw a lot of Connor Bouvier, yeah, uh, Gabor, usual Connor suspects, Gabor, yeah. Dumont. Um, any any surprises in the box score or anything there for you? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, um, usual not, suspects. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking like a juggernaut. Looking like it's uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to side. Gonna take in incredible effort from Cole Frank and absolutely. The, uh, I'm not figuring in defense. I'm not gonna go and make any predictions on this game, but I, I'm I, I've learned my le- I learned my lesson on thinking that no one has any chance from the, the 2018 final. Sure. Um, where. Everyone I talked to said that there was no chance that BG lost that game. Um, and I remember talking to someone before the game and, and listing about eight things that Pinkerton had to do right or had to have go their way to win that game. And then all of those eight things happened. Well, I think so, Coach Cameron would appreciate it if you didn't do that this time around. But, well, it wasn't uh, like I it wasn't like I went to Coach O'Reilly and said, "Hey, this is what you got to do." <laughs> I, and if I did, I say it sounds like you almost willed it into fruition there. I think so. Well, if I di- if I did say that to him, he'd probably laugh in my face too. And you, you're going to try to tell me what to, what to do to win this game? Yeah. So, like we said, that sets up um, Pinkerton BG Part Twelve. Um, I listed it in Roman numerals on on our outline here, because I you know we were talking about horror movies the other night uh, between the two between our, the two of us. So I think you know it's another here we go again. It's like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like part eight or something. It's uh, BG Pinkerton part twelve. It just doesn't this this rivalry doesn't seem to end. It just doesn't want to go away. No. Um, I don't know what do you. I mean. Like you said, it's a, it's an interesting matchup. You've got Cole Frank, um, you know, facing off against um, you know BG's rotation of guys, uh, Paulo Vasquez and um, Noah uh, Zeman. Um, you know, two guys that that throughout this season have seen I've seen them make great strides. So this should be you know Zeman. I, I tell Paulo's very good, but Zeman's been playing very yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in some of their bigger games, I didn't game. know. I didn't know a lot about him coming into the season. No, same. He, he's. I feel like he's been a little bit of a surprise, and, and has played really well for them. There hasn't been any drop off. No, you know, from one to the other. No, um, they when both we scrimmaged yeah. them the other week, I was like, okay, the next guy's coming in. He's not going to be, and he was very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, you know, so it's. I guess it's. It's a matter of you know, can Frank? I think even more than the faceoff circle. I think it's. I think it's going to be down. Can Can Tyler LeBlanc? Can he make? Can he make saves? Because it. it 
I don't know that Pinkerton's going to try and play them straight up. I don't. I think maybe they'll go in and out of zone. Maybe they'll play a little backer. Maybe they'll do stuff. But um, I just I think it's a little bit different than 2018. But it's going to have to be a similar game plan. You're going to have. You're going to hope that you know the shooting is maybe just a little bit off, right? And and you know your offense is super efficient when you get the ball. Um, and you know the I I don't I don't think it's the same. I think they've got a, the midfield in 2018. I think the the ground ball war was lost a little bit in between there, and, and it gave Pinkerton a lot of possessions. Um, you know that that would have to go right for them. But I don't know. We when we scrimmaged BG the other day, there were just athletes all over the field. I mean, it just didn't stop wave after wave of those guys coming on there, and they're so disciplined. Um, I think they're super patient in the offensive end. Like, I, I'm not even sure, you know, maybe his own can throw them off, but like, they just, they go about their business. They, they don't, they don't mind. Like they, they just methodically break you down and, and they look, they get their hands free and they get good shots and they ride really well too. So that's, that's the other thing is like when you, even when you turn the ball over in the offensive end, um, they can get it back really, really well. Sure. I guess, you know, you, you we talk so much about possession in the, in this yeah. game, and and even if Pinkerton is winning all the faceoffs, what do you do then? That you don't you're you're you don't want to give BG oppor- as many opportunities as they usually get to to you know to score. So you're maybe not trying to get every, take advantage of every transition opportunity or unsettled opportunity. So maybe you're slowing it down. But then, how do you but slow it down you and possess? It? You can't. I, I that's what I'm. These, that's, yeah, they've got so many athletes. There. I don't think. I don't think Coach Cameron and, and, and Coach Solomon, the defensive coordinator, is going to allow that to happen. Right. They're going to press out yeah. all over the field yeah. and make you make you play. They're fast. just they're they're too aggressive yeah. to, to do that. I mean, they. I feel especially. I think it's been maybe building the last couple of years where they've had. You know these these returning guys on defense every year. It feels like that they're they're much more aggressive defensively than maybe they were going back four or five right. beyond that right. years. Um, well, that's the two thirty game. Uh, any other any other thoughts on that game that we didn't we didn't mention? Um, no, I think it's going to draw an amazing crowd. I think it's two two fan bases <laughs> that that uh, you know, even though it's been a few years, there's no love lost. No, absolutely I, I not. Think, uh, and you know, talk about fan behavior, man. You better be. It may not be the officials. There might they might they might need some extra ads and, and cops in the stands there to separate the two. Um, the green and red still don't mix. No, well no. Um, also, want to say you know, congrats to uh, to Coach Goudreau for getting Pinkerton uh, his first chance. Uh, as the head coach at Pinkerton to to play in a championship game. So that's exciting for him, exciting for the program. Um, you know, good to see that. You know, you never know sometimes there's – it may take a couple of years to, to kind of – you know, you change – being the guy after that comes after I was the guy say, is never what's the, the saying? Yeah. you never you never want to be the guy that follows the guy yeah. right you want to be the guy that follows <laughs> the guy yeah. or the guy you know yeah. and and um you know Steve's the coach Goudreau has done an amazing job of coming in there and keeping a high standard keeping some of the tradition and standards that they've had but also putting his imprint on the program and um you know putting his mark in, in a sort of a new culture that he's bringing to it um, and, and that takes a little bit of time, but there hasn't been a, there, well, by their standards, maybe there was a drop off, sure. but by any yeah. other program in the state, um, you know, they've been very successful since he's taken over. And, you know, as that, that youth program starts to restock, I mean, 3,500 kids in the school, it's not going to take much <laughs> to get that thing rolling no, again. No. All right. Well, the second game on Sunday is the division three game, uh, between Hoppington and Bo. Uh, but how did these teams get there? I, you know, we kind of joked i think maybe a little bit about it on monday uh about hoppington i definitely did i speaking of horror movies uh what did i text you last night uh i gave deacon blue a new nickname i called him 
Deacon Michael Myers blue because every time it looks like Hopkinton's down, they, they just, just keep coming back. back. Um, you know, they were they were five and five at one point this year. Two losses to Bo, two losses to Cole Brown. I, no, I mean, incredible resilience, yeah. incredible grit, um, and a belief in a belief in the system, right? And a belief that hey, we're just going to keep getting better. We've been here before. We know how to win, and all we got to do is get in, right? Give us a shot. Absolutely, right? yeah. And another game, um, you know, you mentioned instant classics with that Pinkerton Exeter, Exeter game. Their eleven ten win in overtime against Bo, um, I think maybe falls into that category too. You know, Bo was was fifteen and zero going into that game last night or excuse me, Wednesday night, um, you know, Hopkinton was up at one point 10 to 7. They're up 10 to 7 with five, just under six minutes to I, go. I want to know the offensive adjustments that, that Coach Blue made in there, right? Because we talked about that in the preview, right? That, you know, they had done a good job defensively against Bo the two times they had played him, but they scored they two and four goals. Six total time. goals, yeah, right. yes. Right, and that's not going to win. That's not going to win a lot of games, um, you know, but – I, yeah, I would love I, I, I would love to know the offensive. I, you know, obviously I didn't get to watch the game being being played there, but um, that's a that's a serious offensive output, you know, and change in, in philosophy of how you how you attack yeah. attack a team the third time around. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's ten seven Hopkinton with five forty nine to go, um, and it looks like they're on their way. Um, and then it sounds like a couple of. Bad mis- mistakes. Um, well, I, I guess that's kind of redundant. Mistakes happen there. Uh, starting with, um, you know, Hollis Jones wins the faceoff, goes right down, scores to make it 10 8. Uh, Brody O'Neill gets a goal to make it 10 9. And then Ryan McCabe scores with, with um, 70 seconds left to tie the game, send it to overtime. Uh, and then when just when it looks like Bo's coming back, they've got all this momentum, you go into overtime and. Um, Nick Martell scores his sixth goal of the game uh, after after Hopkinton has the ball the entire overtime. I don't know, don't know how long exactly that was, but Martell scores, sends Hopkinton back to the final, second year in a row. Uh, they they were in the semifinals in 2021, obviously no 2020, and then they won the three previous championships, uh, 17, 18, and 19 in Division Three. Um, so five of the last six championship games they that the Hawks have been in the finals uh just an, an incredible run and how dare we ever counted them out uh, at any point this year I, check the tapes I don't think I, I, ever, I don't think I ever counted I don't think I ever counted them out um you know especially with the way division three is this year but, oh yeah uh, yeah you know again congratulations and not to get lost in this too I mean I think it, congratulations goes out to coach Calkins Ab- too as well in his first year there taking a team that um you know, we we basically they were they were defeated the year before, right? Sure. Didn't win any games. Two, uh, um, two games. They were two games. they were two and twelve. Two and twelve. One of them Sorry. might have been a crossover division three. I have to go back and look, but yeah, tough. They were nonetheless tough tough season last year for them, and to to turn it around and and to bring in just all the stuff that he's done, um, just with social media and and culture building and other things like that, laid the groundwork for um you know for for a comeback for that program that. A lot of people forget have has won, uh, have been three time champions twice, one, one right. back yep. to back to back, uh, twice. One in the early two thousands and one at the end of the the late two or in the um, yeah late two thousands there early two thousand and late two thousands oh, oh, oh two oh three oh four, and then they did it again oh eight oh nine ten 
Yeah. Uh, so three and then and then continued to be a powerhouse even when Bedford was in there. Um nearly knocked off Bedford the in 20, 2014, I think. I think they took him to like double yeah, overtime. Twenty ten like, the cha- that championship was against Bedford. It was a one goal win over Bedford. Um yeah, so they've I mean it's a program that's been you know, both both programs. I mean, you go back and look at the early days of, of yep. you know, division two lacrosse, the girls were in the final every year it yep. seemed like at the beginning yeah very rich tradition and good good to see them um you know them get a championship this year too after getting there last year and coming up short and uh, uh weird kind of a weird coincidence um on the boys side here this is the second year in a row the undefeated number one seed goes down in the semifinals. um just i i, I don't know, i look for those kind of things the trends the patterns you know so it's um Maybe maybe next year, whoever's looking like they're going to be the the one seed, well, maybe go undefeated. Next year. Uh, well, no, well, I'm it, saying, yeah, maybe maybe they lose a the game heads. at the end of the year. You know, just just to keep us just out of that top spot. Yeah, bit, sure. yeah, no, no one, no one should do that. I'm just kidding. Um, but then you got the other other semifinal, uh, Campbell, uh, avenging uh, a loss uh, earlier in the year. They, uh, I think, second to last Monday of the regular season, they lose to Pelham eight to one in just a bizarre game. And then they turn around uh, Wednesday night and they beat Pelham eight to nothing. I don't, yeah. Again, well, I would love to, I wish I had seen it. I'd love to see the, the coaching adjustments in that one. What, what did you do offensively and what did you do defensively differently there? Um, I think, I think coach Knight would tell you they played defense. Um, <laughs> I mean, to go from giving up eight goals to giving up no goals. Uh, um, you know, I know he's a very defensive minded coach. That's his, his calling card where he, you know, takes pride what he takes pride in. So to, you know, to, to have them make that switch like that, uh, you know, and then we talked about, you know, distribution and, and offense I and mean, they only scored eight goals, but you know, they had, uh, yeah, five guys, five different guys doing it. Uh, Nate Lenke with three, uh, Andrew Wilness with two and one Hunter Grant, Wyatt Tarr and Lucas Craig, all with a goal each. Uh, Ryan Garrett only has to make eight saves, but still gets the shutout there and goal shutout in a semifinal. That's um, it's pretty special. It's not stuff. many guys, not many guys get to be a part yeah, of that. Yeah. So Campbell, um, you know, they were the undefeated number one seed going down in the semifinals last year. They get back or they get back there and get to the championship game this year. Coach Knight did say he did love he did love not being the number one seed this year. <laughs> um, you know, and I I I think we talked about it. Um, you know, early in the year. When we were talking about Division Three, you know, sometimes a team that is supposed to win, that has all the talent in the world, they lose those guys, and you know, the guys oh, the that guys are coming back, up. you know, they right. they remember what that felt like, and you know, they somehow find a way to put it together. That the sum is almost is greater than the parts, kind of thing. Well, and we we talked about too. Um, you know, you you build. You know, if you've done it long enough, you, you're building a system and a culture underneath, and those kids are watching. and And it's not as big a loss, like as as you think it might be when the, when those kids step out of the program there. And we we've seen it with Hopkinton and other programs. All right. So how, uh, how what do we expect from this game? Uh, I uh, actually texted Coach Knight after the game, and uh, he said. He he was you know he was joking about you know scoring in that game because when they played in the regular season it was a four to two game, and it was really a three to two game because one of the goals was a little on for Campbell was a little fluky, um, you know a, a dump in pass from like midfield somehow eluded Hoppington and ended up in the goal, four um, two game, 
I texted him and I said that was a brutal game to watch uh, <laughs> because <laughs> didn't there was hold a any lot punches of, back, huh? Huh? What's, didn't, no punches. No punches. Well, I mean, when have I ever? When do I do that? Um, it just there was a lot of. It, I mean, these are two really good defensive teams. Yeah. Playing and I think that game was the second week of April, maybe, maybe the third. Um, you know, so teams that that are playing on grass fields in in early April, mid April. Still haven't worked out all the bugs. They were throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, I think it, you know, the field was a little muddy that day. Just a lot of ground balls, a lot of turnovers. You know, everybody wasn't dialed in yet. And well, uh, we're not gonna have to worry about that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great track at, at Exeter. It's gonna be fast. Uh, you know, it won't weather weather and field conditions are not gonna play a factor there for those guys. I, I would though. I I would be surprised if you know this is a game that gets into um, into double digit scoring. Uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking maybe like a seven six eight seven kind of a game. Um, you know, looking at their scores from the regular season. You know, Campbell's last five games, um, them and their opponents, none no one scored double digits. Uh, they I know they did against Bishop Brady in the first round, but. Um, you know, obviously the second round game, not so much. Hopkinson's had a little bit more offense going for it um, the last few games of the year. Um, but defensively, you know, you look at their last five games, they're giving up 5-5, five, 3-2, five, 6 going the into the playoffs. I think they held Plymouth to like four in that quarterfinal. Um, so, yeah, this is, I would I would say defense defense first in this game. I don't know, any other, any other thoughts on uh, that, that Division Three championship? Uh, I, you know, it's two coaches that I, I really like a lot and I wish they weren't playing each other so I could have a rooting interest in this <laughs> sure, game because, yeah, uh, I'd yeah. hate to see either one of them lose right now. Um, coach blue, one of the original guys that I, I coached in, uh, with the Tomahawks, um, you know, watched him grow up and become an excellent coach and coach Knight came in, uh, you know, as a, a fellow AD at the same time as I did. Um, you know, I know his coaching background and getting to play at Syracuse near and near to my heart. Um, two guys that I really respect, and I, I hate the fact that somebody has to lose this game. So um, wish it wish it was easier, <laughs> you know, but I wish two, them both good luck, and I hope it's a great game. Two guys that have come in into coaches too, and really breathed new life into those mm-hmm. programs. Yep. Um, you know, Campbell had been kind of on a slow rise, I think, before Coach Knight got there, but you know, maybe had made the playoffs, I think, once. Yeah. Um, you know, hadn't hadn't won a playoff game, and you know, before he, you know, actually. Um, yeah, last year they got in their first playoff win, and then Hopkinton, um, you know, had been a championship team going back a while, but Coach Blue comes in, gets them back to that point, and and then some. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. All right, the last game, um, I do like how it kind of worked out this way that we're saving this one for last. Um, it is the last one on the schedule for Sunday, 7.30 start. Uh, Dairyfield, Portsmouth, again. Um Two semifinal games, though, on Wednesday that were, for moments in the first half, I you know were kind of, I don't know, they looked Kept like your you, yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah, 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 a little bit, um, but just you know they had that feel of hmm, how is this gonna go, um, you know, Derryfield gets a ten three win over St Thomas, I think the first six minutes of that game it's scoreless, you guys had possession for most of those six minutes, took a, a quite a few shots. Uh, you know, we talked about him on on the the previous podcast. Um, Eli, um, why is Eli Alaire. Alaire, thank you. Um, you know, he'd been playing really well, and he played well um, early in that game. Made a couple of saves, kept you guys off the board. 
They go down and score, make it one nothing, and well, okay, what's what's going to happen here? And then 30 seconds later, Tate Flint goes down and scores, and it's 1-1. And next thing you know, you guys are on a 6-0 run over about a quarter, um, end of the first, beginning of the second. And that was kind of, you know, St. Thomas had chances, but not as many. Um, you know, you guys are able to put it away late. Um, you know, first, first, I, I do want to give a shout out to Eli Allaire. Um, I didn't know until recently, uh, one of the, one of the volleys of shots that we put on him early in the game, uh, went off his wrist and he actually played with a broken wrist, uh, for the we, entire game. He did. There was that one where he went diving across the goal too. And uh, I don't got, even think he, that was from, I think I want to say it was when, I think it was okay. off a Quinn Silvio shot that it hit really hard on his wrist there, off a pipe. He made a say, he made yeah. a, I think it was an off hip shot that he made a save on and um you know i think that was the one that okay. did it um but I, I again i don't know for sure there, but he dove across sure you know, there, there was, was a, one where he, dove, he got up he got yeah. up and was kind of slow yeah yeah but that might have been more of a shoulder thing but yep. either wow that's even more incredible yeah impressive that he was, yeah. Able, I mean, he was yeah. pretty active outside the cage too absolutely um, even late in the game so impressive that he was able to stay through and fight that and, and have a good have a good game there um you know as i told you after the game i i was Coming into the game, the the game plan for us was to play really good defense, clear the ball really well. Um, I thought we got great goalie play from from my goalie and, and Parker Liebitz. Uh I thought our defense did a tremendous job. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but um, you know Jackson Estes is an incredible player. He had a, he had an amazing year this year, tons of points. Um, but I don't I don't know that he's been held scoreless in any game. And and our guys did a, a tremendous job to be able to do that because he is super talented. Um, you know, and um, they did a nice job against Finley Detola. Um, you know, Anthony DiMartino got a couple points, but overall, um, you know, I was really proud of the defensive effort that that our guys put up there. Um, you know, against three super talented first team All State um, players um, there. And uh, mentioned your Logan Purvis too. Logan um, Purvis faced off incredibly yep. well. Yep, um, fifteen of seventeen, I think something, something or somewhere something, in that somewhere neighborhood. In that neighborhood yeah. Yeah. You know. Did get you know uh, wing play was huge. You know there were there were times where where STA's um, faceoff guy did a nice job of doing some counters and, and creating some 50-50 balls that we had to go get, um, and the guys did a, did a really good job of that. And then you know on the offensive end, um, you know I, I thought we were we were really patient and and we had been working on some things offensively that they executed well. Um, Chili Cabot with a big day, five assists, yeah. five assists, sort of quarterback the offense. You know, did a nice, did a nice are, job there. Are you in my head? I was just going to say that. I mean, he, the yeah, from from behind the net there, the way he was kind of things kind of ran through him back there. I and he, I know a lot of times this year he's been a big scorer. Um, you know, he's he, I think he's had what a couple games where he's had six, seven goals, something like that. Um, you know, to see him sit back there and kind of look for open guys and be able to distribute like that, I thought that was um, that was huge for you guys. He saw the forest through the trees yesterday. <laughs> Uh, you know, and the other the other word that came to mind, kind of watching both games, because um, you know, you guys get your ten three win. Portsmouth gets an eleven four win over Wyndham, in a game where they too were down early, a little bit late. You know, lasted a little bit longer. They were down three two after a quarter, less than a minute into the second quarter, they're down four to two. And uh, talking about goalies just standing on their heads, uh, Wyndham's, uh, oh, what's his first name? Now I'm now. You're giving me that look because I know you're doing the same thing I am because um, I just drew a blank on well, it. Well, while yeah. you're looking, we apologize. We've got to look for the name. But he he did. He played outstanding yesterday. Um, but he played really good angles, um, you know, and he made some really timely 
stick saves. Um, you know, and the other thing is he he get, he did a really good job of clearing the ball. Um, he was able to get it to the right guys quickly, um, and they they did a good job of, of limiting Portsmouth's second chances. Casey Kramer. I was going to say Kramer. that, and I didn't want to be wrong. Didn't want to get a name wrong there because um, that's not much worse than that. Um, but you know, Casey had a. There was one save that he made uh, on Zach Amend where Zach is. I mean, as well might as well be in the goal. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> on the he's on the doorstep, one on one, and and Casey like jumped and like lifted Match a leg and, and yep. like I don't even know what he hit it with. But I, I'm watch, watching the play unfold, and he's going in. I'm like, well, here's a you know, here's a goal for Portsmouth, and he stopped it. Uh, and um, I, I just like, how did that? How'd that happen? How'd that not yeah. go in? Um, so I mean, he made some he made some incredible took some shots too. There were a couple of a uh, couple oh, he, of he had, some, <laughs> he had some rockets. He where I heard him, you know, one that that hit him pretty good. He kind of gave out a a, a groan um afterwards um but you know he hung in there and and did re- and kept them in the game you know yeah. because at time because after i think early in that second quarter Wyndham really struggled to maintain possession it was tough they weren't generating a lot in the six on six end in the offense um you know i i was impressed i hadn't we Wyndham wasn't on our schedule this year i hadn't gotten a chance to see him they they had some really good athletes out on the field there. They they you know and their faceoff guy did a good job of you know I don't I don't know what the final stats were. Um, I think I think Nick had a very good day, but he made it a lot. But their Wyndham's faceoff guy made it a he, lot harder yeah, than yeah. than I think people coming into the game would have expected. Kind of mucked it up there yeah. on them. Yeah, they they weren't able to get anything quick. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't yeah, able to yeah. just break it open yeah. really quick. Um, you know, and uh, I I overall um, I think. You know, Drew Denton, you know, we knew he was really good. There were a couple guys for Wyndham, but overall, um, you know, I, I think when they, they, they sort of lost momentum right before the half and, and weren't able to get it going back. They had some chances early in the second half, and then, um, you know, they did everything they could to keep it close. It was a 6-4 game going into the fourth quarter, but all the credit to Portsmouth. You know, they kept their cool. They, they realized, okay, this is, you know, maybe this is the way we're going to win this game. And then all of a sudden the floodgates opened, right? Sure. It felt like yeah. felt like once they got it to like seven four, it kind was of felt yeah. like all of a sudden it was like okay, yeah. now we got some breathing room. They seemed to play a little bit looser. Um, one guy I definitely need need to mention uh, Brian Damaris for Wyndham. Um, I thought played an outstanding game. He had a couple goals. Um, you know, just was was good in transition. See number um, 16? 19. 19. 19. Yeah, uh, six, sixteen. Uh, Austin Mulren. Mulrennan. I, um, yeah, you're, I do. I do mention. I do remember seeing him out there. He played pretty Very well. Very fast. Um, but the the guy I really want to mention, um, Andrew Dr- uh, Trudell. Oh, I, I can't believe we almost went without. We without commenting well, on we went so up until the final minute in that game. Uh, Amend and Smith had two combined two goals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I said this to to Derek uh, Saint Cyr, the you know Wyndham coach afterwards. I said if, if one of those you know cliches. Someone had told you before the game those two guys would have two goals combined in the yeah, last minute. Up for it. Yeah, he said, "Yeah, we we focused on taking them away." Just there were a, a bunch of guys from Portsmouth that that you know maybe people didn't really know who who their names were. Um, you know, the biggest being um, you know Lucas Patton, four goals in that game, including the first three uh, for Portsmouth, um, and then. Uh, uh, this was a this was kind of a uh, I thought was a little bit of an amusing one too. Uh, Baden Patterson uh, ended up with a couple of goals, 
after someone on Wyndham's defense started chirping him because he, I want to say he dropped the ball or, or, you know, someone dropped a pass or something. And, and I heard someone on the defense say, oh, the game's too big for 25. And he, he didn't score right after that, but he ended up scoring a couple goals later on. So felt that that had to feel pretty good. Um, was pretty good to, to see too. Um, get in there and then the the one that 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 probably you know if you're a, a Portsmouth fan um going into Sunday you feel pretty good about is Ben Purcell getting back out there um after missing a couple of games and getting some goals um so it, again another another offense that's diversified and has you know has a bunch guys of guys that can, that step can score up, yeah that can score when yeah. they need to you know it's the way they've always coached their team and uh you know they're um they're it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun on I'm I'm kind of I'm a little you know as much as as BG Pinkerton is is uh is a fun game and I think you know Hopkinton Campbell is gonna be a good game I'm glad that your the the Dairyfield Portsmouth game is the night game I feel like that's that belongs in the uh, the nightcap spot. Uh, we shall see. We shall see. It definitely it's definitely going to add a little more juice to it, a little more electricity. <laughs> um, you know, it'll it'll definitely be fun. Get to play under the lights. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there even a way to preview that game? Because it's been it's been so many things have you know so many things have happened in this series over the year. So many things have you know you've seen each other so much. You you probably could come up with a game plan against each other in your sleep at this point and then 10 minutes in have to throw it out the window i i think it's just going to be playmakers got to make plays and and somebody on it's unexpected is going to step up and and score some goals and and it's just uh (laughs) yeah it's going to be there's a lot of cliches that you can throw out right now but it, it does remind me of a lot of the you know the the pinkerton bg battles from you know, past years where again, sure, yeah, you know, the the teams know each other really well, and um, you know, maybe you know one team tries something, and then you know, how do they respond to it? But you know, they, yes, both teams know each other's personnel really well, and you know, uh, both teams have, have seen a lot of the stuff that they like to run on offense and defense, and you know, um, like you said, they just kids are gonna have to stop. But who who steps up and makes more plays? All right. Well, I think uh, unless you have any other, I, well, I kind of you kind of just gave us your final thoughts there on that on that game. So I guess that kind of uh, that'll wrap us up. I think for this week, uh, we'll back to be back to normal schedule next week. So your Thursday will be uh, back to normal if you're used to listening to us Thursday morning. Um, you know, if you're going to the games on Sunday, you know, drive carefully, have a good time, lay off the refs a little bit, please. Uh, if you want to yell at me, that's fine too. I may not, I, you know, I may give you dirty looks, but you know, that's that's actually usually just what my face looks like. Uh, no, but I'm really looking forward to all three of these championship games, and um, yeah, just can't wait. I'm right there with you, Joe. I wish uh, I won't be able to watch all of them. I'll be busy with my guys, but um, you know, maybe it's on. A- <laughs> I'll give you my. N- I'll give you my NFHS. Uh, I bring you your login. login after. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't tell anyone that, but I appreciate that. Well, they're not Netflix. I, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, he is. Uh, he is Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and again, enjoy the games on Sunday.